Hi, and welcome to a podcast from Hope Springs Church Coventry. For more, please find us on Facebook at Hope Springs Church or on Twitter, we're at Hope Springs Cobb. Thank you and enjoy. Welcome back everyone to our podcast series, Catchphrase Christianity. Um, For many of you, you'll know that in this series, we're looking at how God looks like Jesus and unpacking that statement and looking at all its implications and the ideas connected to it. We've been doing that for 13 weeks now, which is a fair stint and a good stretch of time. And if you kind of remember way back at the beginning, we kind of looked at how God the Father, how Jesus and the Holy Spirit, all of them um, point to Jesus as the best and the perfect way to understand and know what God is like. And then we kind of shifted and we looked at how Jesus' interactions um, and how his involvement with people and situations helps us see how, for example, how God judges, um, how he engages with politics or with the bad guy, um, how he kind of gets involved with those who are oppressed and discriminated against, how he births togetherness from separation, um, his heart of grace and love and compassion towards people, and then also more recently how he brings about change. And Obviously, there's a lot of things to cover, a lot of stuff we focused on, and I just want to take this opportunity to look at why. So why have we focused so much attention on this idea that God looks like Jesus? And there's probably a couple of main reasons for that. The first one is that the way that we see God and the way that we view God affects the way that we serve him and the way that we share him. So if we allow our view of God to be primarily uh, formed around anything other than Jesus Christ, then the God we worship and share with other people ends up being a God that we make in our own image. And if we look at human history, we can see that when God's made in our image, it doesn't end particularly well. So that's the kind of first reason why we think it's really important to recognize that Jesus represents the perfect view of what God looks like. And when we look at him, we can see what he's like. The second reason then is that when we see God um, for who he actually is, and when we recognize him as he is we end up having faith stir upon the inside of us that moves mountains so when i see god revealed in jesus christ the faith kind of bursts forth in my heart and i can start to see and believe that amazing things are possible um and therefore we need to have that kind of faith right now more than ever don't we because we have mountains of division and poverty and sickness to to name but a few of the things we've got to address So they're the main kind of two reasons why we feel this topic is so important and why we'll continue to kind of pursue this topic. In today's podcast, what we're going to be focused on, however, is the second one, that mountain moving kind of faith that Jesus often challenged disciples for their lack of faith. And I know that for me personally, there's moments in my life and situations where I feel like I I need more faith, God, I need more faith for that situation to change. Um, And therefore, how, how do we get more faith and how do we get the kind of faith that moves mountains? Now, in a podcast series that's all to do with God looking like Jesus, the answer, obviously, and perhaps unsurprisingly, is Jesus. But perhaps the challenge, therefore, comes in that we often think we need to get Jesus with our faith. Almost like how a fishing rod is used to reel in a fish. That somehow we've taken Jesus' challenge of needing more faith or his challenge to his disciples for their lack of faith as almost him saying, look, unless you've got faith, I'm not going to be with you. Unless you've got faith, I'm not going to be involved in your life. And yet when we look at the four Gospels, they show us countless examples of Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us, being with people with no faith. And we see countless examples across our scriptures that tell us 
that God is with us. In Hebrews 13, it talks about God saying, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So if Jesus shows us that God is with us, then why is our faith weak? Why is my faith not strong like I know I need it to be? Why is it not that mountain moving faith? Why when I pray, don't the situations change? Why can I barely deal with the molehill of a cold, let alone the mountain of cancer? Now, those are kind of the questions, aren't they? They're like the big ones that, that everyone asks. And in my attempt to kind of try and answer those and try and navigate us through this, I'm going to try and turn our attention away from our faith and start to address or move our attention toward Jesus and his faithfulness. Because sometimes in life, we can be surrounded by so much rubbish and so much that's um, going wrong that it can be hard to believe anything good can happen. That we find our faith... Um, shrunken to something that almost doesn't even exist or perhaps as Samwise Ganji in Lord of the Rings much more eloquently puts it than me he says this I know it's all wrong by rights we shouldn't even be here but we are it's like in the great stories Mr Frodo the ones that really mattered full of darkness and danger they were and sometimes you didn't want to know the end because how could the end be happy how could the world go back to the way was when so much bad had happened but in the end it's only a passing thing this shadow even darkness must pass a new day will come and when the sun shines it will shine out the clearer those were the stories that stayed with you that meant something even if you were too small to understand why but i think mr frodo i do understand i know now folk in those stories had lots of chances of turning back only they didn't they kept going because they were holding on to something and I think those words kind of resonate and echo with us now, don't they? We're in one of those times now, globally for sure, probably personally for many of us too. But for us, perhaps the temptation isn't in turning back, but perhaps the temptation is to turning to ourselves to find the answers. And it's kind of perhaps in a similar way, maybe not that similar, but I really want to get this story in somehow. But it's in a similar way to how... Man United, who are a, a superb football club, a superb football team, just to point that out, um, spent £850 million on buying new players since 2013, since Alex Ferguson left. And that's obviously an appalling amount of money. But they spent that money to try and get things back to the way they once were, um, back to kind of the pre-Ferguson days where everything was successful and everything was great. And that nearly billion pounds was used to try and get them out of the mess that they were in. And whilst you could argue that there has been some success along the way, and I obviously would argue that, things are not back to where they should be because we should never have a situation in this world where Liverpool are winning the league. That that should never happen. But they were trying to find a solution whereas all they really needed to do was turn their attention to the one and only Bruno Fernandes, the Portuguese maestro from Sporting Lisbon who has somehow managed to bring this kind of connection, connecting all the pieces, bringing everything together and has made everything good again. Whereas watching Man United before was this kind of like 90 minutes of anxiety-inducing pain. Now it's shifted back to this joyous and exhilarating time of scintillating football. That one player, one thing seems to have brought us back to the way things once were and the way things should be. Now that kind of scenario sounds quite similar to Jesus when he was exhorting Martha in Luke 10. Um, because she's rushing around and doing all these kind of things and she's doing all that instead of sitting at Jesus' feet and he says to her Martha, Martha, you're worried and troubled about many things 
but one thing is needed and Mary has chosen that good part which will not be taken away from her. The idea of Martha needing to choose that one thing which was sitting at Jesus' feet. Now am I comparing Bruno Fernandes to Jesus? Of course I'm not. He is however the closest thing we've got to Jesus in the club in a long long time but what I am saying is that we often try and load loads of different things to solve our problems, don't we? Probably not spending eight hundred and fifty million pounds on things, but still we try different ways, different methods to ignite our faith. We do what we can to try and bring things back to the way they should be. And we have this kind of constant commentary across the scriptures and the writer of Hebrews kind of echoes Jesus' words to Martha that by saying, Yeah, at present we do not see everything subject to him, but we see Jesus. Does it sound familiar? Not having everything look like it should be. If we take a moment just to read the news or even look out the window or talk to anybody, it's that situation, isn't it? That not everything is subject to Jesus at the moment. Not everything is the way that it should be. So what should we do? What does Jesus exhort Martha to do when she's frantically rushing around trying to sort things out? What does the writer of Hebrews encourage us to do when we see everything around us not look like the way it should be? We look to Jesus. And this same writer in Hebrews continues in Hebrews 12 when he says this. Therefore we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us. And let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Who, for the joy that was set before him, endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. It's really interesting to notice in this part of Hebrews that there's a connection between being able to continue to run the race, the continue bit being important, being able to keep going in the face of hardship, just to kind of carry on when life is just plain tough and looking unto Jesus. So what does it mean looking unto Jesus? What does it mean to look unto Jesus? Are we going to get some kind of statue to kind of stare at it and kind of imagine what he would be like are we going to kind of imagine him sitting on a cloud in the sky um we're obviously not talking about those things but we do see in matthew 9 a story of a woman who is in a tough place um and the way she behaved and the things she did kind of helps us see how we look into jesus um so this lady is is ill and she's isolated she's alone and she and she's afraid she's tried everything spent all she had probably nowhere near and 50 million pounds but spent everything she had to try and get herself out of the situation she's in and mark 5 talks about the fact she's done all of that and yet it has no success it's not turned around in actual fact the situation got worse for her and it says this in matthew 9 though while he spoke these things to them behold a ruler came and worshipped him saying my daughter has just died but come and lay your hand on her and she will live so jesus rose and followed him and so did his disciples and suddenly a woman who had a flow of blood for 12 years came from behind and touched the hem of his garment. For she had said to herself, if only I may touch his garment, I shall be made well. But Jesus turned around and when he saw her, he said, be of good cheer, daughter. Your faith has made you well. And the woman was made well from that hour. To so this lady has been excluded and housebound for 12 years because of her condition. She's not allowed to socialise or be with her friends and her family and her neighbours because she's seen as unclean. 
She has spent all of her life savings on medicines and doctors to try and find some kind of cure for this self-esteem draining condition that she's experienced for the last over a decade and yet has had no success and in actual fact has got worse. I'm sure, like me, many of us can kind of relate to that kind of situation. That maybe we've been crippled by sickness, poverty or disappointment. We've been locked away because of rock bottom self-esteem or maybe depression and anxiety. We've been excluded by society or be excluded by our own insecurities. Are we tired of trying to turn the situation around in our own effort and our own strength? Trying to believe God that you'll make a way but constantly feeling like I just don't have enough faith. That's why it's not working. And that's really what this woman was going through. That is until she heard of this man called Jesus. You can almost imagine this situation. She's locked away in a house and she's listening to the passers-by that walk on the roads outside her house. And she's hearing them talking. And then little by little she starts to hear these stories about this man called Jesus who heals the sick, who restores sight to the blind and even raises the dead. And to start with she probably only hears these stories once every couple of weeks, maybe once a month. But then it's one story a week and then it becomes daily and it suddenly is the only thing that people are talking about in the town and everyone has just got these stories that Jesus is doing on the lips all the time. These amazing miracles that are happening in the towns and the villages down the road. And you can almost imagine this lady sitting there thinking, maybe this guy Jesus who's restored sight to the blind and cleansed the leper and healed all manner of diseases, maybe he can heal me too. Maybe he can heal my disease too. Maybe if I can just get close to him, Or as she's quoted as saying, if only I may touch his garment, I shall be made well. So what's she doing? She's looking unto Jesus. As she hears the stories and thinks about the stories and starts to imagine Jesus doing those same things he's done in in those stories, in those situations for her. She begins to turn her attention away from her own efforts, away from her own fixation on her own faith. And she begins instead to fix her eyes on the one who is always faithful. The one who brings healing and wholeness wherever he goes. Every town, every village. And now he's here in her town. So she fixes her eyes, her attention, her imagination, her thoughts onto Jesus. And as she's doing that, as she fixes them onto the stories that she's hearing this man Jesus do, it starts to build faith in her heart and confidence that if I can just touch his garment I'm going to be made well and that starts to bubble up on the inside of her starts to fill her mind and her heart and as she comes into her town as he comes into her place of living she's like this is my time and so she pushes away through the crowd she's not looking to who's there she's not bothered about what they're saying even if it's about her she's got one thing on her mind She's giving her entire attention to Jesus and Jesus alone. And then she reaches him. She touches the hem of his garment. And he said, be of good cheer. Daughter, your faith has made you well. Now, Jesus affectionately commends this woman for her faith with a big smile on his face, no doubt. And whilst she obviously did go to Jesus That doesn't reflect the heart of God, the heart of the God who is always with us, always present. That simply just reflects the physical restrictions of Jesus as a man. But God is with us. By his spirit, he is with us right now. 
as you're listening to this podcast, wherever that may be, he is with you right now. And so whatever you're doing, wherever you are, I encourage us to turn our attention to Jesus, to fix our eyes on him. The same way that that woman did. Begin to engage in worship with him and sing songs of his faithfulness. Begin to read stories of Jesus healing the sick, of cleansing the leper, of of raising the dead. The stories in the Old Testament of, of God intervening in the lives of people. Maybe stories and testimonies from friends and family that you've heard. Or maybe just go onto the internet and Google something good that God has done in people's lives from across the world. And then start to think about those stories. Start to think about the stories and the testimonies of what he's done. Start to talk about them. Start to, to, to kind of just run them over in your mind. Start to talk to other people about them as well. Start to thank him for those stories and those breakthroughs that he has brought about. Because that same God, that faithful God who broke in in those situations is the same God who will do it again. And as we fix our eyes on him, suddenly something starts to happen to us. So let's fix our eyes on Jesus today. With everything else that's going on around us, with all the challenges and the chaos and the and the ups and the downs, let's turn our attention to him. We may not see everything subject to him yet, but we do see Jesus. So let me just pray just to close our time today. Jesus, I thank you that you are Emmanuel. You are God with us. And that you never leave us or forsake us. So Holy Spirit, I ask that you would help us to remember and think on and talk about what you have done, what God has done, so that we then can partner with you in letting it be done again. In Jesus' name, amen. Have a wonderful uh, rest of your day. Have a great week ahead. If you haven't checked out some of our other podcasts, please make sure um you check those out they're very well worth listening to and it will be an encouragement and inspiration to you so all the best god bless and speak to you soon bye-bye